The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Hey, this is Big Sexy Kevin Nash, and you're listening to The Rough House. The opinions expressed in The Rough House podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW, are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, Nads Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs, how to create angles, develop new characters, and create fiery feuds with which to capture an audience's attention. What better group of individuals than basement dwellers on internet-purchased microphones to guide the hand of a multi-million dollar industry? We're proud to present one such podcast, courtesy of the Realm Network, here at the Rough House, where black people and white people watch wrestling, and Hispanic people too, and all people. Come on, there we go, we're rolling. There we are. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast. Uh, I'm Christoph. We have Marty here as well. Hello! And special guest returning one night only, um, the uh, the founder, the originator, the OG, Mr. SGW, Twirling Bob Earl himself. Uh, Justin's back. Hey, buddy! It was my idea for this podcast, and I was usurped many times over. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not by you two man they just missed out on a choice conversation when we were trying to get our google hangouts video chat session set up i was having trouble with my webcam because i unplugged it because i convinced myself that serbians were watching me jack off <laughs> and uh gonna blackmail me at yeah. some point because well, i visit some areas on reddit that are pretty bad yeah. yeah black mirror will get to you it'll get in your uh-huh. head man Mm-hmm. Dance at, at the same time, do you feel like you perform better if you think you have an audience? Oh, I know I do. Oh, um, there you go. I mean, <laughs> no, it's one of the reasons when it's Jack 30, the blinds come up, <laughs> the pants go down, and yeah. I usually time it right when all the kids from the local college are getting off. So, <laughs> yeah, right yeah. when Anne Arundel Community College lets out, I so am perched up right in, right in the middle of the quad saying, Sup, <laughs> what is up with y'all? Legs spread agape. Yeah. Nice neighborhood. I, I I finally went to the Casa de Schlegel the other day yeah. for the big all-in wrestling <laughs> show since Marty bailed on me. So sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah, what 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 fucking life or death situation did you encounter that you're like <laughs> cannot make it to all in? Uh, it was not life or death. It was uh, wife or death. I think that's the best way to put it. Uh, same thing. Yeah, it's life and death. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Well yeah. played, well played. Well, yeah, that's uh, and as uh, as I was watching all in over Casa de Schlegel, uh, thank you again for the pizza rolls. They no were no worries. We you had cooked them absolutely perfectly, like mwah, like perfect mm-hmm. chef kiss. <laughs> I, I wanted to unload on you or and unload you uh, simultaneously for your perfection of pizza roll cookery. Closest I would have got to fucking that night, honestly. <laughs> I would have got to any sort of um. Come Latinus, 
jealous squaw splotch across me. I was the one that made them. You know who, 10 feet above, but belongs six feet below, were, decided that they were going to microwave them. What? No. I, yo, oh, trust no. me. No, I smacked the back of that Gorgon's hand and said, you slide them over here. We'll take the time and bake them right because wow. I'm going to give my boy microwaved pizza rolls, you asp. So I, mean, I still would have eaten them. Let's be honest. But oh, I, I know. I wouldn't have enjoyed them as much. No, not as much as those oranges in the background. And I wonder how good those things will be. <laughs> are, they just, are, they, are those for effect? Or are you really? Uh, no, no, no. Those are clementines. They've been up there for a little over a week. They may be rotten by this point. I'm not sure. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, I had you over. I had a bunch of people <laughs> over. These were those weird parties where no one knows anyone. No. Like, this was multiple circles of friends <laughs> that were all there under the unity of Buck, the Bucks, uh, Rhodes, all in. Yeah. And um, it, I think for the most part, minus one friend whose name will not be named, telling the worst and longest story oh, no. right in the middle of a promo. Oh, no. While in my head, I'm screaming, you are a dear friend, but I need you to shut the fuck up right now. I saw it on your face. Yeah. Hear me give, it's not even a syllable. It's uh -huh. just, it's like light death throw. It's like, mm -hmm. In the middle of this fucking fable, he decides to tell me, at the beginning of the review, uh, Cody Rhodes cut a promo about the NWA title. There you go. The audio. We're in the middle, midst of a thunderstorm here. So uh, yeah. the connection's a bit shaky. You were asking about Cody Rhodes something? Because yeah. my internet is rock fucking solid right now. Um, Mine's not. <laughs> yeah, you got that. No uh, business internet. Um, by the way, another fun thing you missed out on, Marty. It yes. wasn't just snacks. It was boner chews. Uh, I everyone, saw that. I saw yeah, the, the photo. I, I gave everyone in attendance, uh, <laughs> including the women, blue chew, chewable raspberry flavored uh, Cialis and Viagra niblets. Wow. And there's no better way to watch wrestling than with six dudes and a baby sitting around with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> Got a big weekend planned with those, so we'll see. Big weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the well, not that big. Average. It's the reboot average of three size baby. weekend planned. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a four and a half inch long weekend. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, um, please uh, walk me through. Walk me through a little bit of fall in. I might take here in a pretty special night when a, a pretty. I'll say, getting obviously, you guys are going to break that down better than I could. Uh, uh, being as blindful as it was. For something on a wing prayer based on a bet with a bunch of people with no real serious corporate backing, corporate approval sure. with ROH and New Japan and, and others, for them to the Bucks and Cody put that together, put Starcast together, yeah. mm -hmm. which you you guys might remember. What was the um what line that a lot of people use? Um, God damn it. Its name escapes me. The, the what? The which one? The audio cut out again. This is terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Can you not no, hear you're, me? You're kind of dropping in and out. I think it's. I think it's my internet dragging everybody down. Uh, what was the name of what? There was a. There's a blogging website 
that a lot of people use for their basic fucking blogs. Like WordPress that, or something like that? No, there's another one. The Re- reason I bring it up. AngelFire, GeoCities. GeoCities, that's definitely not it. That's a homemade <laughs> website sort of uh, or uh, rigmarole. Wix. Uh, it's uh, escaping me. Doesn't matter. Uh, how about this? Search this. How about this? This will this will make my point come full circle. Search saddest ball pit ever. <laughs> okay, it's Dashcon. Oh, oh, Dashcon. Yeah, Dashcon. The there you go. It's all about people yeah, yeah, that are yeah. Tumblr is the site that I was thinking of. Yes. So uh, if you're not familiar, Chris, are you familiar with the legend of Dashcon? No. Oh, oh man, Marty, we just we just filled this fucking night up. Okay. Dashcon was StarCast for Tumblr, where they okay. gathered all these Tumblr celebs or where the fuck that is. It's people yeah, that belong, yeah. and they put them in a warehouse, and they put them in a convention center, and they promised everything that Conrad promised and everybody else right. promised, and speaking engagements and and um, uh, activities and special guests and a ball pit you could play in. I, I can't do the ball pit justice. You need to look it up. It's the saddest fucking thing on planet Earth. But it was an unmitigated clusterfuck of a disaster oh yeah absolute nightmare everything from uh the the hotel wasn't paid for properly the guests weren't paid for properly not enough people showed up to offset the overhead of what they've already done everything that could have gone wrong went wrong and of course uh, the ball pit is legendary because that was apparently one of the Kickstarter perks to get extra hours in the ball pit. And, yes. and, the and by the way, I'll just spoil it for you. The ball pit <clears throat> is the size of your dining room table. Yeah. And <laughs> you could look at the balls and guess how many are probably in there with an accuracy close to the 10th decimal. Oh, no. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Gascon was horrible. reason we bring this up. Oh, no. Was because it was very grassroots like StarCast. Mm-hmm. And then the following night with All In, that it, this is one of those things that it either goes really well or really bad. And first impressions, everything. There will never be another DashCon, okay? Mm-hmm. There will never be another one of these things. The fucking Gathering of the Juggalos figured out what to do. They pulled it off, and now they're on their 90th <laughs> one. Yeah. This thing had no business going as flawlessly as it did for all the moving parts in yeah. an industry where everyone that is there – Okay, I hate to say everyone. I feel like I'm painting with too broad a brush. Many people are there, are former pro wrestling stars way mm-hmm. on the other side mm-hmm. of their career. Yes. Mega gentle egos or, or, or delicate egos. <clears throat> and you got a convention center full of smarks. It's a powder keg of suck waiting yeah. for someone to just light the fuse and let it go off. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Everything worked. It was you heard the term comedy of errors. It was a comedy of successes. Everybody showed up. No one got in a fight. All of the karaoke went great. The singing went great. The discussions went great. The Tony Schiavone cutting promos with fans went great. And then after that, you have all in itself. And holy shit, almost everything about that night from the comedy with you know mm-hmm. uh, Joey Ryan mm-hmm. to the serious with NWA. Uh, the NWA title to the violent, the violent Pentagon. Holy shit to the women's match. That was being looked at as kind of an afterthought that ended up being incredible. Um, It was, it was a success on every possible level. And I, I was reading tonight, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, both saying they're taking many weeks off right now, probably to count their fucking money. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
So good for them and good for everybody involved for it working out. And I enjoyed the shit out of it. I, I think for one of the reasons why everything worked out uh, as well as it did, because there was kind of this uh, a mentality and a certain type of person that went to um, the show and went to StarCast. They were all kind of like-minded. And I know pretty much any convention is mostly like-minded people, but mm -hmm. this like specific brand of pro wrestling that people enjoy, the, the being the elite, uh, being the catalyst of everything and advancing these stories over the past year, and the type of... Uh, uh, of wrestling that 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 is uh, brought along with it, I think that it was kind of a a community uh, communal sort of feel, and everybody mm -hmm. felt uh, important being a part of it. And I think you know, and maybe I'm putting way too much credit to wrestling fans, but I think the fans in attendance wanted it to succeed. So I think that maybe they were on their best behavior, at least a little bit to. Because they didn't want any uh, negative connotations or any, yeah. you know, totally negative stories to come from this because they enjoy the product. They enjoy the performers, which really is what sold the show is performers. I mean, it sold out with any matches without any matches being announced in 30 minutes. So, yeah. you know, it was an idea and the performers that really sold this thing out. And I think everybody, uh, including those in attendance, really wanted it to succeed. And, and it did. Yeah, and, and I, I think another thing that sort of ties into it is sort of the generational shift for good or for ill, depending on where you sit with it, in the, the wrestlers of today versus the wrestlers of yesteryear. You look at the grouping of people that were part of StarCast, and it was mostly modern, independent talent. Yeah, there were some names in there. Your, your yeah. Hurricanes, Kevin Nash was there, Eric Bischoff was there. But for the most part, it's this newer generation of pro wrestler that seems to be less carny. And therefore, it probably makes it so things can run a little bit smoother because they aren't holding up promoters for more money because the show is going well and all these different things. Uh, but yeah, they, it, it definitely seemed to be for a, a weekend called All In. Appropriately enough, the audience was all into it. I mean, there's stories that people were like going nuts when the lights went down and they showed the the damn uh, do not steal this event. Uh, yeah. Or, or, you know, stale is uh, satellite the transmission. Copy, the copyright warning in the beginning of the yeah, paper. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. got a pop, which yeah. just tells you like how much people were just excited that what they were about to see actually was what they were about to see. Yeah, they I mean, made it. Yeah, I, 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 it made everyone feel like they were a part of this journey. It wasn't just about Cody, the Bucks, Bullet Club, etc. It was this fan base uniting and saying, there's an alternative out there. We want to see it succeed and giving everything they had to it. It was also an air <clears throat> of unpredictability. Mm -hmm. is to where a lot of stuff, I, know, I remember doing the show with you guys, we'd always try and predict what would happen on WWE Raw, SmackDown's pay-per-view special effects. Not saying we were, were perfect uh, in that regard. Uh, actually, you know, quite the contrary in some cases no. sometimes. But we were given the impression in the world of the WWE that is there's a bit of a formula. Yeah. And while the formula works, we kind of figured out the algorithm at some point. Sometimes we wouldn't always get the equation right. We kind of figure out, okay, A happens, that leads to B, that leads to C, ah, uh, shit, D. In yeah. this case, I didn't know what was going to happen anywhere because these are all completely fresh matches. Uh, these are all uh, – it's just it's people that's cross-promotional. Yeah. It's, it's people that I'm not going to worry about having to watch wrestle 
five more times the next night on Raw, the next right. night on SmackDown, at the very next pay-per-view. I feel right. like I'm not going to get – and add an air of specialness to it. I'm not going to get to see Kenny Omega and Pentagon again for Lord knows how long, if ever. Yeah. And I look back to 2014 with uh, Punk and Cena, the summer of Punk, and how great that was. And the very next month, them doing it again mm-hmm. and being like mm-hmm. – immediately getting the feeling of, man, I think they went to the well too quickly – in this case, I know for the most I, – I say I know. I know for the most part I'm not going to see Okada Skrull again. I'm probably not going to see Janela and uh, um, Paige. Paige again. Not to say they won't wrestle again, yeah. but I know that it was special in that night because I'm not going to have easy access to it sometimes literally the very next day on Raw right. or on SmackDown. The the odds <clears> – <throat> excuse me, the stakes felt a little bit higher. Um. It felt it felt unique. I I didn't know what was going to happen. The aforementioned Pentagon match with Jericho showing up out of nowhere. Yeah, that was great. You know, there there were there were surprises. There was stuff that I wanted to happen that did. There was stuff that I wanted to happen that didn't. But I was never upset by anything. the The entire night, I just took as it came, yeah. and it did prove their point that people want a different product. They did want a different flavor. If the WWE's chocolate, they're vanilla. Both flavors fine, but you can't just eat one all the time. You're getting right. fucking sick of it. Mm-hmm. And pointing back to the, hey, don't copyright this thing. We want this thing to succeed. Have you watched the follow-up, the most recent being the Elite? I haven't yet, no. Very interesting point made at the beginning of it. 10,000-some seats, no comps. They yep. didn't paper the room yeah. at all. Which yeah. is something that not even the WWE or Ring of Honor or I'm not sure how New Japan does it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh they have to paper large swaths of the room. And mm-hmm. in this case, they didn't do any. A, they sold those tickets at face value to everyone that wanted them. And like you pointed out earlier, without a single match or a single competitor, for the most part, outside of everybody knowing the Bucks and, you know, yeah, well, Coach sure. Rosen, Kenny and Cody. And Kenny, yeah. uh, they wanted this to succeed. And it did. Now, my question is, where do they take it? What do they do with it? And if anybody, here's a here's a hypothetical for you. Okay. The rumors were come late this year, early next. Maybe they're going to grab up Cody. Maybe they, and by that, I mean the WWE, going to make a big money, million dollar, some offer on the Bucks. After they have the successful weekend like they do, do they take a step back and say, I don't think we want to now? Well, I think that was always that was always kind of their their you know majority of their mentalities is that they they are successful on their own to a certain level, um, and they the most important I think for these guys is creative control, um, mm-hmm. which is something that is not easily attained for a newcomer coming in or anybody really uh, in WWE, let alone a newcomer. I mean, Batista this last week talked about his last run with uh, the Evolution rehash and Blutista and all that stuff, and said how he didn't really get uh, a say in how everything was uh was booked and that's a guy batista multiple yeah, times no that guy should have some sway right exactly. so so you know even though your last name is rhodes or you're kenny omega who sold out the tokyo dome and won the uh, iwgp title and all this stuff there's no guarantee that uh vinnie max gonna pony up um creative control and i think that for the for this group of guys who one have made a pact with each other at least the four of them cody kenny and the bucks 
that they're going to stick together, um, whether that be in ROH New Japan or whether that means jumping ship to the to the Fed. Uh, but they've made a, a, a pact between the, the four of them to to stay together and kind of see the course. But I think this last weekend, and obviously they put in an ass load of work. I mean, they they worked their yeah. their, their butts off to get it uh, to this level of success that they achieved. Um, but I think, you know, having seen that and seeing what's possible, I, I can't imagine them not sitting back right now, reflecting on everything, thinking like, yeah, maybe we could do this uh, a twice a year um, sort of thing, make a, a shit ton of money. Now they know that, you know, people are going to come. They can, you know, up the ticket prices a little bit because had they known mm-hmm. that it was going to sell out all 10000 or 12000 or whatever it ended up being, uh, I, I can almost guarantee you they would have maybe put the ticket prices at least 10 or 15 bucks higher to oh, yeah. really, you know, make it a money-making endeavor um but it was more of this i don't think this was all in wasn't about making money it was about proving a point and uh they did make money and i'm sure they're very happy for that but that wasn't the idea of it. they they half they a million money. dollars from pro wrestling tees oh yeah yeah they, yeah, they sold out of every piece of merchandise they had, I read. Yeah. Um, but they, they did it to prove a point in, in that there are um, enough people out there who enjoy uh, some of the other options that are out there. And, and like you mentioned earlier, this is kind of an amalgamation of all these different um, um, promotions. You had New Japan. You had Ring of Honor. You had Lucha Underground. You had Impact. You had MLW. You had you, There's pretty much anybody who was uh, at least a, a relatively – um, known um, promotion had somebody uh, on this card, which is impressive to see them all come together. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like an indie all star game, if you want oh, yeah. to to like a, an MLB or another major sports thing. Yeah, and and it it will be interesting to see, especially because we now have the the MSG show, Ring of Honor, New Japan G One Supercard coming up in April. That's sold out. MSG. They already know that at least on the concept of these names being there because they haven't been announced, but one would assume that they would be if they're available. There is not just 10,000 people. There's 15,000 plus people who want to go to a show. If I'm them, I would certainly think that holding themselves back one more year to get that extra bit of money in the next offer, regardless of what side they end up going with would be worth doing. But as we get to the end of the year, it's going to get real interesting because you have these guys who have shown that independently they can put on a show that is on par with the big boys. And you have WWE with literally a billion dollars a year coming in. (laughs) Yeah. And I'd imagine if I'm them, uh, that's the quickest way you can wipe out your competition, throw them a few mil each. That's just a drop in a bucket for you. And suddenly you have the hottest things in professional wrestling period. And that's, let's look to the past to predict the future. Um, I believe the year was 99. They were called the revolution WWE, the radicals, Benoit, Guerrero, Saturn, Malenko. They all come over. And they were sort of the bells of the ball at WCW that were being ignored by the powers that be. And everyone was thinking, my God, these eyes are all getting ignored. And, you know, what if they could only get over to the WWE and they go and they get snatched up and they do well for a bit. And let's obviously say, you know, the careers forked in two different directions. Uh, Benoit Guerrero, successful. Malenko, Mm -hmm. less so with the company's an agent. Saturn didn't happen for him. Now, I'm not sure if these guys had the allegiance and the camaraderie of a group like the Elite Bullet Club, but it, 
they do get wrapped up in the machine at some point. And I think these guys have a little bit more unity. And I can see them saying, what price my legacy? Because like you mm -hmm. pointed out with Batista, yeah, they can have uh, their competition wiped out immediately by throwing a, a million dollars. But the Bucks and, and Cody Rhodes and, and, and even Kenny could say, no. Yeah. One of the reasons so many people jumped to WCW was for the workload. It was far less than WWE. Kevin mm -hmm. Nash, Scott Hall, and others went over there. So their dates went from, you know, uh, 300 plus to 200 plus. These guys can <clears throat> make a great life for themselves. They can maintain this air of, of, of authenticity that the modern day wrestling fan just craves. See Roman Reigns, someone that doesn't have it in a lot of wrestling fans' eyes. And they don't seem to want to get into it. Daniel right. Bryan had it. CM Punk had it. Other mm -hmm. people that they sort of force forward don't and <clears throat> a big tell as to how they move forward is that roh show and roh roh new japan show is wrestlemania weekend that is a fucking shot across the bow if there ever was mm -hmm. it is in new york and, and i am correct this is wrestlemania weekend right yes WrestleMania the weekend. Next night is WrestleMania. uh same yeah, night, night as before. nxt takeover yes this is, is a shot across area. the bow yeah. this is Okay, we're going to sell out your own backyard. It's already sold out. We don't even have a full card put together yet. And fans are going to this. They don't need to do a special event every single month. They don't need to do an Unforgiven, a Hell in a right. Cell, a Class of Champions, all this. They mm -hmm. need to do two a year or maybe even three a year yeah. right on top of a WWE event. Same night as SummerSlam. Same mm -hmm. night as WrestleMania. Same night as Royal Rumble. And let the fan base choose. That's going to be the moment Ooh. where they say, okay, now <laughs> we're doing it. Because yeah. we had all this time to promote. And we had a, uh, a, a lot of guys that might be working for, I'm not sure. I'm not going to say nickels on the dollar. But maybe they're giving them a friends and family discount to be on the card. Because they know yeah. it's going to be massive promotion. Mm -hmm. But if they go and do this and make the wrestling fan themselves choose of which I think there's a nice big pool to choose from. Both events would probably do well. Yeah. That's what's going to get the WWE's attention. And Absolutely. that's what's going to have people say, there is an alternative to the big guys because All In was against nothing. All In didn't really have to compete against anything. Mm -hmm. It was earlier in the night. It was on a Saturday night. You do this thing on a Sunday, and you do it the same night as SummerSlam next year? Holy shit. <laughs> that's what it's going to be fucking on. Because they've got the infrastructure in place. They're going to figure out how well they do in relatively direct competition against WrestleMania. Definitely against NXT because it's the same night with ROH New Japan. Mm -hmm. A lot mm -hmm. of these guys on All In are going to be on that card. And then for the third one, which could be All In 2, do that against a WWE event and watch what happens. That's when the fucking revolution pops off. Yeah. When they fully land right on top of them and say, we're here and the fans came to us yeah or it could be a failure uh, it could it really could yes. <laughs> you know you're right there are there are a lot of people uh i think the three of us uh included who watch you know ring of honor new japan stuff and we also watch wwe um so th there's definitely a ton of overlap between you know and if if i had huh i'm, I'm trying to pose a hypothetical here to myself if i had without knowing how the card was going to turn out if on the same night this year it was all in going against SummerSlam 
honestly, I, I, I think I would have picked all in if only because I'm a super mark for Pentagon and Pentagon versus Omega kind of sells <laughs> yeah. anything else going on. Um, but, you know, what, what would you guys do if you had a, not knowing how it was going to turn out? You can try to, you know, at least try yeah. to put your mindset in there. It's awful to say, but, you know, the, the network's the network. I can catch any of it after it's happened. Uh, right. Yeah, I'd, I'd go ahead and I'd bounce to all in immediately. Yeah. yeah, I have to think if it's Mania, I'm probably watching Mania. Yeah, Mania's but outside of that, you could really have to make me choose between Royal Rumble or SummerSlam, the next big two. Yeah. Anything else. Unforgiven, Tell in the Cells. Yeah. The Backlash. <laughs> those guys are, they're winning. All ends winning because I need something a little bit fresh, something new. Not to say I'm not going to go watch those other things. I'm not right. playing like wrestling fan elitist, but I will go and like you, like Marty just said, I can just jump on the network. Yeah. They've almost made it too like like I put out earlier in the night, like the Pentagon Kenny match. I am not going to get that again for a while. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about the double edged sword of convenience and accessibility. It makes it less special. Mm -hmm. It's not a, mm -hmm. oh my God, we got to get together and watch SummerSlam and everybody come over and you bring beer and I'll make food and you get some weed and you get the blue chew. It's, <laughs> I, I can kind of watch it whenever because I've got yeah. it on subscription and yeah. I can watch it tomorrow night or I can just pull it up on my phone and it kind of takes away the urgency of, man, I got to see this tonight. I got to be a part of this. Yeah. It's and, not and granted. Yeah, and granted, you could watch All In right now on New Japan World if you have New Japan World. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, with with All In on Saturday, there was this, you know, like you said earlier, an air of mystery. You didn't know how it was going to look, how it was going to um, be presented, how the work rate was going to be, how anything was going to pan. It could have been a total fucking disaster, especially since one of their main producers was arrested uh, the night before in Joey Mercury. <laughs> yes. Did you hear about this, Justin? It couldn't I even did, make yes. the show. Oh so how, how they can that quiet until Monday is beyond. I know. Me. And BJ Whitmer stepped up and, uh, and, and took over that position. So they, everything was stacked against them. And, you know, they, they, they put a lot of effort into it and, and it pulled off. And, you know, there was a lot of different styles of wrestling on the show, which I think helped because when mm -hmm. you're, watching five and a half hours of SummerSlam, it's mostly the same type of match over and over and over again. But with All In, you had, uh, you know, the, the hardcore match with Janela Page, strong, stiff uh, Omega Pentagon. You had the flipsy dudes of the main event. You had the classic 80s NWA style match with Cody and Nick Aldis. There was, there was a lot of variety there. And you had the women's match too, which kind of, you know, took everything that was going on in the world of women's wrestling right now. Um, you know, I, I'm a big Son of Havoc fan, but the less we say about Matt Cross and MGF uh, <laughs> or whatever his name is, MFC, yeah, whatever his name yeah. is, I don't know. That was just, uh, I, I feel like that. What that was they, a swing in the midst of the they night. They overreached a little with that, and they yeah. probably should have saved those, you know, 10 to 15 minutes for later in the show. No, obviously hindsight's 2020. They couldn't have known that. But uh, And but what yeah. time did it go off the air? Uh, 10, 10, 59, 59. Oh, 10, 58, 59, something like okay. that. Yeah. yeah. Three so seconds. Exactly. Three seconds to sign off. Exactly. Yeah. Four hours. Uh, yeah. 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 Seven to 11. 
A minute under, yeah. Because apparently apparently they were scheduled to end at 58, and they were making frantic calls behind the scene to get an extra 60 seconds. Uh, and luckily they did because they went home, and then, you know, poor old Ian Riccoboni or whatever his name is had like three seconds to sign off. Couldn't even get it off before it faded out. I remember saying to you, I'm like, wow, that was really that was abrupt really fade off. Yeah. And from what I understand, some of the blame is being placed on the shoulders of Skrull. The Skrull Okada match went long. <laughs> that that's what was said. Skrull has uh, he he did a podcast appearance on Monday on Sean Mooney's podcast of all people. Okay. Um, he's saying that it was minutes added up throughout the night that was the problem, not his match directly. And I'm a little more inclined to believe that because I think it would be absolutely crazy for uh, Okada Skrull to run 12 minutes instead of 26. Like that. Yeah, I, I've been in hindsight. I mean, obviously nothing is perfect. But they could have pulled that Matt Cross match or shaved five minutes out of the over the uh, over the budget battle royal. Or uh, Amel Daniels too. Yes, Amel Daniels. Oh, I forgot about that one. And I missed a chunk of the main event because I was um, literally sham wowing load off of my sofa (laughs) from Jordan Grace uh, (laughs) Kristoff in full view of everything. Uh, Stuck his entire hand up his ass to his uh, wristwatch. And I could just hear it ticking in his colon all night long. Every single time, Cage would slam her to the ground. And then he would <laughs> shitter of hers would point skyward. Man. He'd just put his arm deeper up his ass like some weird, uh, um, almost like ventriloquist meets Mobius strip. He was his own puppet. Uh, watching that, watching Chris watch her. <laughs> was a top three moment of the night because the fucking smiles went away. He leaned in real hard. And the, 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 those Totino's pizza rolls are his, the second most desirable thing he wanted in his mouth. It was, <laughs> yes, all these things are correct, and that was not sour cream on the top of your seven-layer dip. Oh, God. Uh, I was like, wait a minute, who bought sour cream? And I heard someone in the background go, no one. And <laughs> that's when Eric kept eating, yeah, shockingly. Yeah, yes. he did. He was, uh, he was, he was all in on that dip. I'll tell you that. Mike. He was all in. <laughs> Which, you know, you know, this is funny too. How quickly did I tell everyone get the fuck out at eleven o'clock too? Right as eleven o'clock rolled around, I'm like, all right, Vince, done, go. Yep. I'm like, done. <laughs> everyone leave. Straight up went and closed up the dip, put it in the fridge, put the Bye. face in the, put the cups. So like, all right, guys. So I'm like, go. Right, man, but I'm, I don't know. I had a little bit to drink. Walk. Go, leave. <laughs> no one stay here. It, Harley Race was apparently famous for that. He'd have cookouts uh-huh. in his place at like one o'clock until six o'clock, and at six o'clock he'd just come out in the backyard and declare, "Everyone go now!" And like <laughs> people, like, "All right, take care, Harley. Let's yeah. get the fuck out of here." Party's over. It was yeah. a wonderful time. Though. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. It was a wonderful time getting to join you fellas here tonight. Uh, I hear a child crying upstairs. For anybody that's wondering, nothing's gotten better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still horrible. not even not even a little bit not a scotch not a scotch not a hint hmm? not a fucking tweezers worth come here's oh, worth someone try and ruin my night that night by placing a child in my lap <laughs> I did notice that during the show I noticed when that when I said either. my friends are coming over uh-huh. leave and they said no. As a matter of fact, here's the baby. I'm like, you got it. You got it. Smile on the face. Yikes. Oh, you guys have a good show. 
I have to go beat a family. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said feed. He said feed, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yes, yeah, your yeah. honor. Yes. Feed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, there you go, buddy. Uh, that was, that was yeah. good having him back. Well, I mean, absolutely. Did you kind of want to go through the uh, the card and talk about the matches? <sighs> yeah, yeah. I mean, might as well. We're here and we're talking yeah. about it. Uh, so uh, the show kicked off. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, WGN America, uh, for the Zero Hour Show. Yeah, so they at the beginning of the show, Cody and the Bucks came out with a uh, a lackluster pyro uh, display, which is apparently meant to be a rib for the big WWE pyro. There were a few of those the in the uh, Zero Hour Show. Yeah, not, not, obviously they were doing it on their own budget, and that budget did not go towards pyro. Uh, not at all. That, that's fine. I don't need pyro. The the thing that for me really uh maybe do the little collar pull like ooh, ooh, mm-hmm. at the beginning of the show is there were a lot of audio issues uh during the first yeah. 10 minutes when they were yeah. doing their opening little introduction there you know just over modulation on the microphones and crackling and distortion and and they had the I heard problem like, with the commentary too throughout yes. that first hour yeah 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 they were they were fine-tuning some things which you know is is fine I, i'd rather them have gotten it done on the pre-show than than on the uh, on the show proper but they seem to get taken care of uh, everything um and the commentary was really good throughout the night it was um, one exception we'll get there actually sorry two exceptions we'll, we'll get to them we will get to that. Okay, all right. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, for the um, for the night, it was uh, Ian Riccoboni or Riccoboni yeah, uh, from uh, sure. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. You had yeah. Excalibur from PWG. Hell yes. And Don Callis. Yeah. From uh, uh, from the Impact and uh, New Japan English and commentary. I think he might be leaving that because uh, it looks like they're setting up Rocky Romero to be the sidekick okay. of uh, Kevin Kelly. But nevertheless, a uh, great trio. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did a really good job of playing off each other. Normally, I don't really like three men booths. Right. Uh, I, I think it's a bit too much, but uh, it was really great. Uh, Rick Boney, you know, very solid, very, uh, very on top of it. I just figured out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, he Very solid, very on top of it. Uh, Excalibur, great color commentary, really funny comments throughout yeah. the night. Don Callis adding that little bit of zest that he had back in the ECW days. And of course he brought into impact and uh, new Japan. I, I thought they were a great trio, but um, yeah, the, the, the opening of the show was a little weird. Uh, the shout out to road warrior animal. I mean, I know it was Chicago. Yeah. I was just like, okay, what? they got yeah. the budget for road warrior animal. That's cool. Well, he was a star cast. So might as well have him come out on yeah. a bike. Right. And I, I will say that the first big pop of the night going to uh, t-shirt guns, Yes. Just felt, felt a little silly, but I mean, it also set the tone of the night, which was kind Don't of take silly it and ridiculous and over the yeah. top. So, um, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, uh, the first actual match in the ring, uh, was SCU Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian against the Briscoes, a tease of an upcoming Ring of Honor tag title match. Yeah, um, I thought it was really solid work by both teams. I mean, yeah, I mean, we guys, any been around the block. They know what to do. Yeah. Just well-timed, well-executed, good way to get the crowd excited, good way to show the crowd at home what indie wrestling is all about. Yeah, um, and, and not letting the Briscoes talk helped a lot, too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. Just, just Definitely let Jay helped. Mark go out there and do their thing, reach for the sky, boys, and then uh, you know hit a Jay Driller and some Doomsday devices, and you're, you're good to go for those guys. I enjoyed the uh, the Rocky homage from, uh, from SCU, too. That was fun. 
Um, yeah, the, the match was, was like you said, it was, it was a really good start to the show. Um, the other match on the pre-show was the over-budget Battle Royal, yeah. uh, which obviously, as, as Justin mentioned, I, I had my favorite to win. Uh, she did not, uh, no, but she had... Grace had a uh, hell of a show. Hell of a show. Yeah, her and, and Brian Cage just demolishing each other two yeah. wildebeests throwing yes. each other against each other yes what a fucking fun time i mean that was just a really fun battle royal in general yeah. uh well booked well paced uh yeah 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 no it, it was well paced everybody had a moment to shine if not more than a few moments mm -hmm. you know bully ray uh did his you know bully shtick throughout beating up uh El Hijo del El Chico de Luchador, whatever the fuck yeah, uh, Flip Gordon yeah. ended up being, um, taking him out on the table, and he's lied and wait for throughout the entire Battle Royal, which was fun. So Flip got on the card, uh, which was a good payoff to that story. Mm -hmm. You had uh, Christ Cheeseburger was in it. You had yeah. All Ego Ethan Page. You had uh, the best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta, who were added last minute. I was a little bummed that they didn't get to make it onto the main card. I was, I was kind of hoping yeah. we'd see them up there. Yeah, we also had Billy Gunn and and Sean Gunn, uh, Austin Gunn, Austin Gunn. Yeah. Oh, Sean Gunn. Sean Gunn is James Gunn's brother. Austin Gunn is Billy Gunn's son. Uh, so, okay. So facially doesn't look like Billy Gunn at all. Like, no, like so much. if you just showed me a headshot, no idea that's Billy Gunn, but neck down and his, his gestures and, yeah. and the way he carried himself in the ring it was like a creepy clone of Billy Gunn. I didn't. I didn't know the universe needed a second Billy Gunn, but you know, <laughs> science don't, doesn't always ask why. They just make it happen sometimes. This is true. Uh, to be completely honest, I would have rather them uh, been the new smoking guns uh, <laughs> than, than than the ass men. There's but still time. There's still time. Oh, Marco Stunt. Yes, Marco Stunt, fun yeah. size wrestler himself. Uh, he had a really bizarre showing with his weird ass body. Uh, <laughs> Tiny. He's a little yeah. guy. Yeah. He like, just tosses himself around and gets tossed around. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he's definitely like one genetic level difference from a little person. Like the, yeah. just, just he's legitimately. He, he's a tiny, tiny human, but it makes his flippy dudes look all the more impressive. Uh, yeah. And there are even, you know, throwback spots with Tommy Dreamer doing the whole ECW weapons bit in the middle yeah. of it. Uh, and it looked like we were going to get Colt Cabana taking out uh, Bully Ray for the finish, which would have made sense. Chicago crowd. Right. Uh, Cabana being Chicago's favorite son. You know, it would have been a now great story. Now it's his favorite son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he now. was the second favorite son. Until exactly. Turn exactly. his back on him. <laughs> but hey, if the weekend proves anything, a lot of people still okay with him. A lot, a people. lot, six blocks long of yeah. people waiting in line to meet old Phil Brooks there. So good on you uh, if that's what you wanted to spend your money on right now. So, you know, I'm not judging. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, the thing I that, is, that is a little weird to me is and I've never really seen it spelled out. But doesn't Cabana partially own pro wrestling tees? Does he? I believe he does. I was unaware of that because he was one. He was like one of the first guys like he, he was doing promos for one hour tees when they were just a right. one hour T-shirt shop. And then he helped them launch pro wrestling tees. So oh. that's, that feels a little weird. I mean, he was even wearing a pro wrestling tees jacket to the yeah, ring. He did the so. commercials that aired during yeah. the uh, the pre-show. 
huh, maybe you're right. Uh, maybe he made a little bit more money than uh, than everybody else on that show. So, well, uh, yeah, if so, good for him. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, um, I'm, all I'm saying is kind of weird Punk was signing at PWTs when all that's going on. Uh, but, you know, money cool. is the great denominator, right? Yes, it all um, comes down to green. Um, but, yeah, the, the finish came down to Colt and, and Bully Ray. Uh, but then uh, I, I think Bully Ray tossed out Colt, but then uh, Flip revealed himself as the masked luchador that was powerbombed through the table much earlier and threw out Bully Ray, much to, to the delight of the fans in attendance who popped real hard for that. So yes. that was a good a good feel-good moment. And you kind of, you know, you had to think that he was going to have something to do after the whole, you had to pay off the storyline somehow. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, he couldn't be all out forever. He had to right. be all in at some point. I mean, yes, we didn't see, you know, there were so many names that people were throwing out there. Punk being one of the ones that people were expecting as, as yeah. a surprise uh, Neville. entrant and Neville being the other. We didn't see anybody surprise nope. instead. And this was kind of a through line of the night. If you were a fan of being the elite and, and you were following those storylines, you got, shockingly enough, the payoffs that they told you you would eventually get. Yeah. I know this is a crazy thing in this world of professional wrestling, but they said, hey, at some point, Flip Gordon's going to be on All In, and he yeah. opened All In. And hey, at some point, Hangman Page is going to get what for for killing Joey Ryan, and he did. <laughs> at like every single thing paid off in a logical way expected way and yeah. yet we're still really pleased with how it turned out funny how that works huh? yeah weird you tell the audience something will happen and then it happens and we're delighted for it yeah it's a novel concept maybe some other places uh will take heed of that advice one uh, day one yeah, day one would hope uh so yeah that was a pre-show fun pre-show got me excited even more excited for the show at that point um i i started because Justin lives like an hour away from yeah. where uh, from where uh, Marty and I live in the same neighborhood right down the street. Uh, but we still do it over a webcam, which is fine. <laughs> it's a Thursday night. Um, hey, anytime, man. Anytime. <laughs> so um, I, I, I hit the I hit the deep eddy hard early. Uh, I stopped drinking after the second main show match uh, and then started chugging water. So I would be OK to drive home. Smart, um, man. But by the time that pre-show was over, I was real nice yeah yeah and you kind of needed it because that opener uh the pay-per-view started 7 p.m sharp uh moving over to ppv and uh fight no word by the way on how many buys it got on proper traditional pay-per-view yeah. did you guys end up watching on fight or did you end up watching it on paper just an order the pay-per-view oh okay he didn't have a way to put the fight uh on his on his tv oh okay um so he you know this is money i'm not gonna stop him <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I just was wondering because I had heard uh, that people who signed on for fight had issues watching the show, oh. uh, at least for the first match or two. Okay. Uh, so I just was wondering what your experience was. I, I ended up watching it, you know, basically shortly after it ended. So right. um, nevertheless, uh, so we kicked off with Matt Cross versus MJF. Mm -hmm. uh, MJF, I think, will have a long term upside because he plays such a wonderful prick heel yeah but as we were alluding to earlier on in the broadcast uh not really that great of a match the, the match was fine you know I, I i like matt cross as as son of havoc and lucha you know he can do he's very agile he can do some fun good stuff he has a great shooting star yeah uh, uh, one, of the, one of the best out there um but yeah this was as much as i like him i didn't really 
have any investment into this match. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the, I, I didn't care to, to, to be blunt. Yeah. The, the, the only thing that I really thought was kind of interesting about the matchup is, and they talked about it a little bit on commentary. Matt cross has been on the Indies for 15 years yeah. now. Yeah. He's a dream. Uh, you know, for starting really getting his notoriety in CZW and, you know, going from company to company to company to company, despite never getting that, real mainstream shot although wasn't he on one year of tough enough not that long ago uh, yeah, i believe he was on tough enough uh and he's also on lucha underground yeah so. yeah so uh up until recently not really had that major shot uh and mjf being uh, two Hell years in yeah. yeah um if if that for two years it was a nice contrast and for that to be you know the first match you put out there guy who's been a journeyman for forever versus brand new guy yeah. I, I thought that was a smart move yeah, um, and I'm actually kind of surprised Son of Havoc won too, but yeah. uh, but or Matt Cross. See, it's it's a it's an Ember Moon Cobra Moon thing for me. I'm just <laughs> so ingrained in talking Lucha Underground that I just I just I just say they're they're gimmicks there. Six of one half dozen of another. Yeah, uh, you much. know, it, it all comes out in the wash. But then we uh, moved into uh, Christopher Daniels versus Stephen Amell. Uh, I thought. It went longer than it should have, but all the credit in the world to Stephen Amell for wanting to work a real match. Yeah, and he did. I mean, he, you know, he was pretty smooth in there for a non-wrestler. I mean, there were a couple, mm -hmm. you know, hiccupy spots, uh, but he he committed, man. I mean, if the name of the show was all in, he he went all in on mm -hmm. on getting ready for this match. Uh, there was there was there was some fun stuff in there, and I was reading uh, earlier today. Uh, he, he tweeted out and told the story about how three minutes into the match, he got super blown up, <laughs> but and, and, I would too. Yeah, no, uh, right there with you. And I, and I don't have the, the Hollywood physique that Stephen Amell right. has, um, but, uh, took an ugly table bump too. uh, yeah, props man. to him for, for doing that. And, uh, like we were talking about in our predictions for it, uh, Daniels was the right guy for this type of match. Absolutely. Longtime vet, ring general, knows what he's doing. I, I thought uh, Jerry Lynn as referee was kind of a weird addition. Um, especially a personal relationship there between uh, him and the elite. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, props for dude getting paid, much like Road Warrior Animals showing up. But just kind of a weird addition overall. Yeah. Uh, but hey, fun match. And then we got into uh, what I was surprised was going on so early which was uh, the NWA title match. I remember yeah. right, that was third, um, which was kind of a shocking placement for it. Um, and uh, all the credit in the world to Cody and, and the Bucks and whoever else agented this for doubling down on the 80s style NWA pageantry. Yeah. Both guys came out. They had their their fight yeah. team surrounding them. Yeah. Cody being surrounded by the Nightmare family, including freaking DDP, Tommy Dreamer, and Glacier. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Glacier. Yeah. But also, Brandy Rhodes is out there. And also, one of the biggest pops of the night, motherfucking Pharaoh's out there. I pop so hard for Pharaoh. Uh, how that dog is able to be that calm around 11,263 or whatever the number of people was. Like, yeah. Uh, props to you, Pharaoh. You are yeah. a good, good pupper. Oh, uh, there, there. So, uh, my buddy Mark tweeted me a gif of Kota Ibushi coming up to Pharaoh backstage and just like, you know, giving him this big hug, and my heart melted. 
Oh, that's literally adorable. I have no heart right now. <laughs> um, and then uh, you had Nick Aldis coming out with his crew, which included uh, NWA former NWA champion uh, Tom uh, Tim Storm. Sorry, uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett. Okay, and Sean Devari. All right, yeah. uh, and also some other guy who I didn't recognize, but it. it it was very weird that that was the crew. And um, again, we got all of the, the trademarks of eighties NWA world title match storytelling. You had the injury spot in the middle of the match. You had the baby face bleeding everywhere, blood going into, you know, the crimson mask going into the bleach blonde hair until his hair's turning pink. Uh, You had the kind of ridiculously long setup to DDP throwing a great diamond cutter on Sean Devari and uh, ultimately good triumphed over evil. We have a new NWA champion. It's, it's funny because I mean, I guess Cody kind of turned a page at, after the last long beach show or whatever, but he's been, you know, the American nightmare heel for a very long time. Uh, But obviously at, in front of this crowd, uh, a very, you know, pro Rhodes, uh pro cody crowd he was going to be the baby face in there and, and aldis is a natural heel anyway so yeah you know it, but i just find it funny how you know how long I've, i mean i've so associated most of cody's outside of wwe run as being a heel um right. but you know he was he was the baby face here and he overcame uh the odds and there was the story you know the, the the long history of the NWA title and his family and his dad and everything. I, yeah, I had six oh five on the boots, which I thought yeah. was a nice touch. Yeah, the only thing that could have made it better, obviously, aside from Dusty being there, would be Dustin uh, uh, yeah. being asked to to show up. But I guess you know, I don't, I, you know, I I don't even know if Dustin asked. I feel like he's the kind of guy who wouldn't even want to ruffle any feathers to to just ask if he could just pop and show in show, pop up and show up there i mean there were a couple wwe hall of famers there more than a couple yeah <laughs> yeah um but nobody's still under contract a performing contract at least like like dustin is gold dust uh but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he just never even asked yeah it, it strikes me he wouldn't want to ruffle the feathers and that sort of thing um i on the whole i enjoyed the match uh, you and I had talked about this when we got together on Sunday to to do some recordings for the Patreon. Don't forget yes. to subscribe. Patreon.com. Search the Ref House Podcast. Um, my only gripe about the match, besides the absolutely terrible addition on commentary, I didn't even catch the guy's name, but it's some guy who did commentary for OVW. He yeah. was atrocious. I think he had some kind of like medical issue or something. I don't know. All I know is there was a point where Ian Riccoboni and uh, uh, Excalibur, Excalibur just went, fuck it. We're going to keep calling the match and he can just say whatever he wants. Yeah, uh, He was atrocious. But the only sort of thing that took anything away from me was Nick Aldis did a decent enough job being that cocky heel champion you want to see lose. But I didn't I, like I didn't have that hate in my heart to want to see him fall. Not like, enough heat. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, when I think of NWA heel champions, you know, I'm thinking of Ric Flair, Harley Race types, sure. where you want to see the babyface get that win so badly. Yeah. And for Nick Aldis, it was like I don't really care about this guy. And and the pageantry was great, and it, yeah. and it added to the emphasis of the match and of of that moment. But for me, it was just sort of 
it'd be cool if Cody wins, but I don't really give a shit about the NWA title. Well, that, that's yeah, that's it was all about Cody. That was yeah. the thing. It was, it was yeah. his story uh, that was being told, and over those ten pounds of gold, um, you know, uh, web series that they've done leading up to it. But I think you know this is smart for uh, Dave Lagana and Billy Corgan, who are now you know running the NWA um, to you know to put the title on Cody yeah. and to have him at least for a little bit carry it and get a little bit more uh, notoriety back in the, into the, uh, into the fed because, you know, it's been a number of years since it was a, uh, a viable brand yeah, for I lack of a better term. And it's going to be interesting uh, in just a few weeks, new Japan's back in the States. Uh, and that's right. We've got uh, Cody going for the U S title against juice Robinson. Is yeah. this going to turn into a title for title thing where the NWA title even be acknowledged? I don't uh, know. The yeah. IWGP title was not acknowledged at, uh, at all in not so. physically. There was mentioned on commentary, yeah, but I, I, would, yeah. I wanted to see it. Yeah. That I figured that would have been a big pop moment in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that lost their shit over tiger Hattori. So yeah, um, I, so we forgot a match in there. Yeah, um, no, I know, I know. I yeah, just, yeah, it just it just hit me. Uh, the women's four way. Yeah, uh, went on before Cody and all this. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Britt Baker, Madison Rain, uh, Tessa Chelsea Blanchard Green, and, and Chelsea Green. Yes. Yeah, uh, four way women's match. Yeah, mm -hmm. Tessa Blanchard is uh, a stud. She's she's Absolute a superstar. Beast. She she has it, man. She. she she has the the look. She has the charisma. She has the move set. She has the pedigree. Um, you know, she is going to be a giant within this industry. Yeah, and uh, it actually just got announced that she's going to be the face of uh, the relaunch right. of Wow on yeah. Access TV. Wow. Yeah, uh, I I don't know if that's going to work out great, but hey, uh, someone is trying to to strap their rocket to her, so that's pretty awesome. Um, and they did have a, a, another bit of that, you know, uh, acknowledging the past when she came out, Magnum TA looking yeah. like hell, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Tully Blanchard Tully, both yeah. out there. Um, I will say of the four women in the match, I thought Chelsea Green was the one who came across as like the the, the best talent of the four. Uh, not taking anything away from Tessa, just it felt like it was kind of Chelsea's coming out party. Yeah, she really put on a good showing. Um, I haven't watched a lot of her in Impact. Um, she may pop up in a uh, underground luchador show. No, uh, I know what you're talking about. That, that I, I've seen when I was out there, which by the way, if you watch this week's Lucha Underground, I'm, I'm on there for a split second. Um, hey, there you go. So there you go. Finally made my TV appearance there. Um, but yeah, Chelsea Green looked, looked really good. And you know, Britt ba they all, they all looked good. I mean, there, oh, were, absolutely. Couple, there were a couple spots that uh, didn't quite go a hundred percent as planned, but overall, I mean, they, they went out there, you know, with a chip on their shoulder and they all, they, they left it all hanging out there. Well, not all hanging out yeah. there. I great i would have been okay with that too that that, that was my other that was my other uh commentary qualm uh them oh, throwing, to the old dashwood. Uh, to the old dashwood and uh who's her neck i forget the other gal i don't even remember Bonner who was out there or mandy leone is that her name sure I uh, all i know that. is they added nothing except for random statements and dead air i i don't really know what it was to achieve the, the thing that was very weird about having active competitors guest commentary is all in, at least right now, is not leading to anything. Right. There's. It's not a promotion. It was a one-off. Right. Right. So it's not like we're gonna have you know Tessa go over and have a match with Neil Dashwood right. to prove who's the top woman in in women's wrestling. Uh, just kind of weird to to do the guest commentary gimmick for that. Uh, Plus, besides, it was, 
there was, more women. There was a lot of awkwardness because uh, <laughs> Chelsea Green, currently the, uh, the 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 girlfriend of one Zack Ryder, yeah. who uh, was current or formerly the boyfriend of Tennille Dashwood, aka Emma. So yeah. uh, a little bit, a little bit of awkwardness there. Ooh, uh, ooh, she, you know it. And she even she she even did a bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure uh, when when that happened, Tennille's like, yeah. Uh, props though. But she dumped uh, him though, right? Or he uh, did he dump? Uh, I have no idea. I just I just know that he went from one wrestling blonde to another wrestling blonde. Uh, props to Excalibur. It was a joke for maybe five people in the audience, including myself. But uh, when when uh, uh, Ian Riccoboni, Riccoboni, however it's pronounced, uh, pointed out that we've seen those boot scrapes before and uh, Excalibur goes, oh, yes, a shout out to Shidro Otani. I enjoyed that a lot. I'm oh, yeah. happy. Um, after Cody and Nick Aldis, we had uh, what I thought was going to be a sleeper match of the night. And in some circles, it might have been Hangman Page against Joey Janela. Holy shit. These guys beat the hell out of each other for our entertainment money. A lot of big violent spots in this one. A lot of tables uh, went to the uh, the wood pile after <laughs> after this match. Even the Cracker Barrel. Even Yeah. Oh, God. I, I I can't wait for Matthew's uh, Matthew's next botchamania because it wasn't a botch, but I just, I know there's going to be one of the finishes of of Paige jumping over the barrel set to the Donkey or not Donkey <laughs> Kong, yeah the Donkey Kong uh, sound effect yeah, 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 yeah. Of, of Mario jumping over. I can't wait for it. It's going to be totally worth it. Uh, I did pop for the Cracker Barrel too. I mean, I pop for everything oh, yeah. at this show. Yeah. There's so many, so many like the ring apron. One side yeah. had hot topic on it. Mm-hmm. Another had Cracker Barrel. Another had Fridays. And I forget what the fourth side had. Uh, fourth side just had the logo. They did okay. not. They, they had a non-sponsored corner. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's fine too. Um, but yeah, the, 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 there was a lot of, I mean, Janelle went off the, the top turnbuckle over the, over the um, pole. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, an ugly elbow drop. Yeah. Ugly in the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ouchies. Yeah. He got dropped, uh, <laughs> dropped kind of through a table yeah uh I, uh he he basically got delo bombed through a table just power bomb in theory then you slip slide and fall and hope for yeah. the best um could have been a lot worse could have oh, been a lot better oh undoubtedly uh and uh the the finish i forget the name of hangman page's move it's an unusually lengthy name um but like a rite uh, of passage or something yeah uh, something like that i think it is rite of passage anyway that off of a ladder oh. for oh. cables was nuts uh props also to penelope ford the yes. bad girl herself correct uh she took some mean bumps in there but threw some mean bumps of her own um she, yeah. she definitely uh adds a lot to the the arsenal and the personage of uh joey janella yeah she um, ate a super kick like a champ yeah yeah i bet that hoit uh, yeah, but the the payoff uh, to the story, uh, the long story that's been told of of, uh, of Hangman Page murdering Joey Ryan in the Japanese hotel room with the phone, uh, it all came back. The boots in the trash bag that had been talking to him, mm-hmm. and the phone, phone. and yeah. the phone made an appearance as well. Uh, and then he hit his finisher through the table, got the three count, uh, and I was like, oh, I guess uh, I guess now we're gonna get a Joey Ryan thing. I expected 
Joey Ryan to show up during the match, right? Do a distraction sort of thing for uh, to lead to the finish. Uh, but they they didn't they didn't obfuscate the finish, and they they kept the big Joey Ryan reveal for the end. And man, did it pay off in spades. Yeah, uh, for those who didn't see it, this apparently was the moment which made WGN wonder if we actually want to have more wrestling on our TV network. <laughs> uh, in Shades of the Undertaker, druids came out. But they weren't just druids, folks. Six penises just decided to stroll down the aisle. Mm-hmm. And as they lined up on the entrance ramp, only one person could come back from the dead and save the day. The king of sleaze himself, Joey Ryan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he's been resurrected. Resurrection by erection, um, mm-hmm. which is a Power Wolf song that is very good. I suggest you check <laughs> it out. It's on Spotify and YouTube now. Um, but yeah, he, he, he came back and Paige just stood in the ring you know, dumbfounded, you know, muttering the words, I killed you. I, you know, it was, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great character work. So uh, Joey comes in, does his baby oil gimmick, does the lollipop gimmick, uh, all, all his and the uh, dick flip and the dick flip gets his shit in and um, knocks a super kick, gets the dick flip and then super kicks uh, with the, or maybe it was reversed. I don't remember which came first. I think the dip, dick flip came last, probably whatever it ended up being uh basically uh it was eight penises i, I just uh, looked oh. up not six eight Damn um it. always confusing six for eight story of my life um basically they crowd surfed uh, uh hangman page out of the ring as the crowd chanted the greatest chant of all time rest in penis Rest in penis. Yes, it was akin to the druids that would carry the Undertaker's opponents out or wheel the casket out. So, yeah, that was a great, uh, great moment that I'm glad I didn't have to explain to uh, a non-wrestling fan or somebody who wasn't familiar with yeah, the storyline. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I definitely came away from that thinking had I watched all in live that would be the moment that my wife walks in just to see what's going on on the wrestling show i'm enjoying yeah uh here just comes you know the cacophony of cocks just rolling (laughs) down the ramp uh Uh, a phalanx of phalluses as i think don Callis put it uh yeah great 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 fun stuff there but like you said earlier it, it told off the completed the story that was being told and Paige committed to the bit he was apparently had not been wearing shoes uh, over the course of the past couple months to commit to the 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 character because the boots um I don't even remember the boots uh were were at the scene and knew and then they started talking to him in his dreams or some shit I don't know it's all there's a whole lot of whole lot of backstory yeah. there. uh for those who have not watched being the elite in case all in was not proof it's the weirdest goddamn thing on the internet and the fact it that is. that it it got 11,000 people into a building is crazy to me. Um, Also building off of being the elite, uh, we were getting the setup for the big Jay Lethal Flip Gordon match when Jay Lethal's walking in the back. It's a slap across the shoulder. Oh, yeah, we're getting... Black, Black machismo. machismo. Yeah. Uh, not, so when that happened, I got excited. But then when I saw him walk out with fucking Leaping Lanny Poffo, yeah, I was like, holy shit, this is ridiculous. Not to mention the fact that he was wearing one of Randy Savage's uh, old uh, jackets that he wore to the ring back in the day for some of his big matches. So yeah. that was uh, outstanding. And keeping again with the storyline, Brandy Rhodes came out and accompanied flip because she was always on team flip trying to get him booked on the show so i thought that was a little fun little nod to to all that as well brandy Rhodes not only coming out with flip but also wearing like this pin-uppy military lady outfit oh worked for me 
1,000%. Yes. Uh, so the the match was actually more comedy than I anticipated it being. Like yeah. on paper, you tell me it's going to be Flip Gordon versus Jay Lethal. I'm thinking it's going to be a fun time. And not that this wasn't. Uh, just it was built more around until uh, Jay Lethal got slapped on the other side. Uh, him doing his Macho Man Randy Savage homage, uh, complete with jumping outside the ring, uh, and yelling at quote unquote Liz yeah. to get on his side of the ring, whole nine. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it was it was enjoyable, but there was a point where I was like, if people don't really understand, that, like if if All In was your first exposure to Jay Lethal, yeah, you're just like, what, what is this? Yeah, yeah, and that's and true. I, that's true. And I gotta say that the post match angle with Bully Ray. <laughs> Yeah, that, that fell yeah. flat for me. That was one of the yeah. few things that did. But what we'd be remiss if we didn't mention um, the fact of the uh, the no-selling uh, offense from, yes. uh, from Black Machismo. Or was he was lethal uh, at that well, point? He well, was lethal, uh, that, he point, was lethal right? at that point, and then uh, Flip Gordon started no-selling as well. He was going uh, equal parts Hogan and Warrior. Then. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He, he hulked up, did the finger point you. Uh, did a big boot, didn't drop the leg, uh, but yeah, that was that was a fun. I popped for that. that yeah, was. yeah, uh, but yeah, that that post angle is just like, oh, this is why not as many people like Ring of Honor. All right, but <laughs> moving on, uh, we had what, by many accounts, including uh, I'm pretty sure this shows the match of the night, first time, probably only time. Yeah, Pentagon against Kenny Omega. Uh, <sighs> When you have a crowd chanting holy shit just because both parties have entered the same yeah. ring at the yeah. same time, you know you have something special. And holy shit did this match deliver. It really did. It, it, it lived up to pretty much all my expectations, which were lofty uh, to, to begin oh, with. Yes. But, you know, Pentagon is such a charismatic performer mm-hmm. and can adapt to different styles um you know he's he can do the flipsy doos he can do the strikes he can do uh he can, he can brawl he can he street can fight. Yeah. yeah he's he's a very well-rounded both literally and figuratively uh competitive competitor yeah. got a little bit of a belly there penta um a little bit a little bit but man the you know the, the match itself was it, it just delivered i mean you know omega hit his v triggers there were package pile Mm-hmm. on the pentagon did on the uh on the ring apron which, yeah if you knew this hardest part of the ring there it yeah. is yeah <laughs> fear factor right down on that uh yeah. and, and i thought it was interesting i don't know if it was really the story they're intending to tell but the the way that it came off was basically every time they went outside the ring they started to brawl that sort of thing pentagon had everything over omega yeah, uh, that's where he dominated. That's where he had the skill. But once they entered the ring proper, they're in between the four corners, the three ropes. Kenny Omega had his number. And and I thought that was such a clever thing because it basically emphasized what makes each performer unique. Yeah. One's more dangerous in the ring. One's more technically uh, finessed. And we just had this knockdown drag out fight of a match. God damn the. The fucking uh, V triggers as Pentagon throws up the uh, the, the zero. Seattle, oh, yeah. oh, oh, rock hard, rock perfect, perfect. hard. 
Omega went over. Yeah, which I, I expected. I, even as a yeah. huge Pentagon mark, I, I I know that New Japan wasn't going to let uh, Kenny Omega get jobbed out to a performer from CMLL and AAA yeah. or Lucha Underground. Um, so I, I, I knew that was going to happen. It would have been a nice surprise if it had it not happened, but I wasn't expecting it to happen. If I were to pick apart one little thing about that match, yeah, it's the fact that uh, Pentagon's arm break spot. Um, obviously, we know he's not fully breaking arms but yeah. in universe in canon of his uh his his work it's a little more debilitating than kenny sold yeah. um i mean he did switch up the one wing angel to go for the opposite arm mm-hmm. so respect there but it you know normally it's it's a lot more incapacitating so if i were to have one thing to to quibble about that match yeah. That would be it, but you know, yeah, like said, that, that, that's like saying you had an excellent meal that was slightly overdone. Like that's a <laughs> little bit too much char on my steak. Well, like, you know, you know, yeah. Uh, right. Then we had uh, the aforementioned gigantic pop for Tiger Hattori. Yeah, uh, as we had uh, Marty Skrull against uh, the Rainmaker himself, Kazuch uh, Okada. Okada got a god pop as well. Yeah, um, he went full rainmaker, man. Yeah, he, he did. Out, soaked it in. There was no creepy balloon, weird, delirious yeah. sort of thing that he's been doing in Japan. He was none of that. We even was, had the uh, the the rainmaker bucks. Yeah, they yeah. were flying down. Yeah, every everything about the entrance was great. Marty's entrance was great, and you know what? Marty really uh, proved his medal in this match. I think. Thank you. Oh wait, you mean squirrel? Oh, no, squirrel. Sorry. Oh, okay. All you, right. You did, you did jack squat. <laughs> hey, that's that's accurate. In that uh, match. What about that match? You yeah. weren't there. No, I'm saying that's accurate. You didn't do a run in. <laughs> that. Well, oh shit! I just realized. Speaking of run ins, we forgot to mention this. Fucking Jericho showed up. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was only one of the most notable things of the night. Yeah. Right, after the end of Omega <laughs> Pentagon, lights went down. As is my want to do. I assume Sabu was yeah. not Sabu. Instead, <laughs> it was Chris Jericho in full Pentagon gear. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize it till after the first Codebreaker when I saw his arm tattoo. Yes. And I was like, yes. that's fucking Jericho. You suck, yeah. bitch. Yeah. Gotta love that that dude showed up for that show, did that spot, and jumped on a private jet to meet yeah. his, uh, his show for Fozzie in full makeup still. Bless you. Yeah, uh, all just so he could sell those last 100 seats for Jericho. Yeah, those cabins, man. If I had the disposable income, I would I would purchase one. Oh, I mean, it is basically Christoph the Cruise. <laughs> Metal bands, true. Stand up comedy, pro wrestling. It's, yeah. it's everything you can want. You're a big Dead. Jim Brewer guy, I assume. I love Jim Brewer. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, he's he's great. Uh, I think I saw his cell phone number actually from Orion Festival a couple of years oh. ago. Um, <laughs> But I'm Let not get a broom guy. to pick up that name you dropped. Just now. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, Squirrel Okada. Okay, so did the match go over? I don't know. It nothing about that said to me that they ran over. The no, match, it, it seemed like so, that's what they were trying to do. They they were they it, and it's an Okada match. You know, Okada matches mostly start out you know relatively snow and then build to an earth shattering crescendo of, of false finishes and kickouts and finishers and on and yeah. the, the flurry of goodness that we've come to expect um, from the rainmaker. And, you know, maybe, maybe they took their time getting there was the issue. Um, you know, they did the, the finger break spots and the, uh, the reversals and the, the, you know, the umbrella spot and the ref, 
bump. There was yeah the was the umbrella as as a counter to the rainmaker was super clever. Uh, yeah. I, I I I really enjoyed that on both the visual pun and yes. the cleverness level. Just yes. good stuff. Um, and the finish was really clever. Also, Squirrel trying to throw his own rainmaker and pissing off Okada enough that he does two in a row to take yeah. him out. I mean, yeah. Loved it. Great. Uh, and he really put some stink on them, too. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be a heavyweight, Marty? Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I really enjoyed the match. It's probably the most uh, I've the most I've enjoyed a Marty Skull match. Yeah, it, it, it's definitely high up there for me. I mean, uh, as we talked about back when we went to Ring of Honor earlier this summer, Marty Skrull, uh, really enjoyable live. Yes. Uh, but in terms of something I'm watching, you know, on tape, definitely the most fun I've had of a Skrull match. So, yeah. With that in mind, we got to the main event and uh, we had to enter rush mode because there was only so much time before they could go live. Now, this is one of those things where I wonder if them trying to take on the world and do proper pay-per-view hurt them. Because I'm thinking if you're just on fight, you're just yeah. on Honor Club, you're just on New Japan World. Right. You can go as long as you want. You can. Yeah. Um, I admire that they, you know, went completely for it but some would say that this match lost its luster because it didn't get all the time that it needed i however loved what we got yeah hearing that the match was originally supposed to go 28 minutes that sounds a little long well i mean there's six very talented people in there yeah. so you know you break it down uh you know to, what would you say 28 minutes yeah so that's divided by uh, six. That's, you know, not even five minutes. Yeah. yeah, not even five minutes per person to really shine. So yeah. it's it's not really that much with that many people. But yeah, um, but I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think that, uh, sure, I wanted to see more of it. But I think the increased pace, it was kind of like watching um, a Young Bucks match on Fast Forward because it was just a flurry of maneuvers. They cut out all the fat. And probably yeah. some other awesome dope spots just to get the uh, the good shit in there. And it was a what was what did it go fourteen or something like that? Twelve, or fourteen minutes, 20. whatever it ended up yeah. being. It was just for for stop for for a night of pro wrestling buffet. Yeah, that was your ice cream Sunday at the end of the night. Yeah, just bang 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 nonstop action. Uh, even if. Ray Mysterio Jr. did finally prove what they were saying in the early 2000s. This is why Wolverine's actual costume is not on the big screen. God, it was hilariously terrible. Come on, man. I, I, yeah. look, I love the X-Men. Uh, I love Jimmy Howlett, uh, Logan, Wolverine, call him what you will. Um, that was just, that was laughable. That yeah. was just, that it was, was just, it was bad. real bad. It was real, real bad. Uh, but the match itself Absolutely wild. Just you were literally watching a highlight reel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bandito came out looking like a king. Props to the Bucks because apparently when they started cutting spots, they're like, no, we're going to keep the ones that make Bandito look good because yeah. of the six guys, he was the one with the most to gain. Uh, also, I really enjoyed how the Bucks had uh, like uh, gear that looked like Abushi's gear. I thought yeah. that was a nice little unifying touch there. Yes. I, I, I enjoyed that very much. I liked. Uh, Obviously, uh, being a Lucha Mark that I am, I enjoyed all of Phoenix's fun stuff in there yeah, as well. Yeah, great. 
one thing that disappointed me about that match is we had a stare down between Phoenix and Ibushi and I got instantly rock hard, but then Phoenix tagged in Mysterio, which again is awesome. Yeah. And I, I like, I made a couple posts. Like I didn't want to sound like I'm shitting on Ray Mysterio. I yeah. just, one, the costume was terrible, but two, I am such a Phoenix fan. I really want to see Phoenix and Ibushi go at it, oh, yeah. uh, but I didn't get a chance to, but you know, um, Mysterio and Ibushi was a, another one of those this is awesome before they even threw hands at each other moment oh yeah and and when they did it was just as great then it's such yeah. a shame that i mean not a shame for him because i'm sure he's getting paid but it's such a shame that apparently that you know this was the end of ray mysterio on the indies yeah because i would love i mean first match he announced for msg shoot run this back yeah. i mean Give them, give them no time limits. Make it two out of three falls. Just like fucking yeah. get wild with it. Like that, that would be an amazing first match to announce. But yeah. alas, maybe they can throw Pentagon in the race spot. And, you know, we'll be doing cartwheels as we realize we're going to see that live. Um, that would be spectacular. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't foresee, uh, foresee them letting uh, some Lucha Bros on that card. Who knows? Who knows? We'll see yeah, what happens. Yeah. This, this five, six, seven months away, a lot of shit yeah. can happen. Of course, uh, I don't know if you saw shortly before we started recording uh, MLW uh, posting about the Lucha Bros. No, what happened? Uh, They posted a photo of the Lucha Bros talking about how they've done amazing things over the past year uh, because they're the current MLW Tag Team Champions. And they said, who knows where they'll be next? And they forgot to put an E. Uh, Come on, guys. God. Usually I'm all for people going to the Fed. This is just, I really don't, I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm worried. I'm worried for him. I am Phoenix. Well, not so much. Mostly Pentagon. Well, the, the fact is this on Saturday, September 1st, 11,000 plus people showed up to Chicago. 8,000 people showed up for Starcast. $500,000 in merchandise was sold. $1 million worth of iPay-per-view buys was sold by Fight TV between yeah. StarCast and uh, uh, All In. 200,000 people watched the pre-show, which while not an amazing number, is better than anything WGN does on a Sunday and mm-hmm. puts them right between Impact at its best and fucking Lucha Underground at its best. Way better than Lucha. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fact is this. There is a rising tide for an alternative. And uh, I recognize that this is the free feed and you've got absolutely next to no WWE content. Fact is there's an alternative out there now. And if anything was shown on September 1st, that alternative can be strong, grab a lot of eyes and produce a lot of money. The world of pro wrestling is in a great fucking spot as of September 6th, 2018. And I am fucking stoked. I am fully erect. But what does that have to do with pro wrestling? Nothing. Just want us to know? Yeah. Why, why don't you give the Patreon subscribers a little look at that? Huh? Why don't you just, why don't I don't you have a Zoom on this camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'd have to go pretty deep for that Zoom. Yeah, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> well, Patreon subscribers, up your money. $69 a month. You can see Kristoff's Yeah. <laughs> at this point, I'll probably accept the money and, and slide into your DMs. There you go. That's at send to Cruz on Twitter. Just let him know. <laughs> I want to see that Kristoff dick. <laughs>
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast. Become a donor to The Rough House at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast. And check out our videos at YouTube.com backslash channel backslash capital ucegj 2 one N, lowercase w, capital G, lowercase k, capital P, M, lowercase L, capital D, N, 7, lowercase C, 3, lowercase R, lowercase F, U, V, Q. This is the, the Rough House, Rough House uh, podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Justin and my least favorite man on the planet, Kristoff. And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by The Realm Network. The WWE is on network television. The WWE is on your iPad or smartphone. And now, the WWE is in your children's library with the WWE Scratch and Sniff Diva book. Flip to page five. Hey, look, it's AJ Lee. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Geek Man soy sauce. Be sure to flip to page 17, where we have former WWE Divas such as Bull Nakano. He's very large. I'm going to take a little sniff. (laughs) Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. The WWE Diva Scratch and Sniff pop-up book. Head to page 97 for Luna Vachon. <laughs> My nose burns. Page 89. Ooh, it's karma. <laughs> oh, God. I'm keeping it down. <laughs> the WWE Divas Scratch Up Pop Up Book. 